Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Matty T. How are we? Oh, I'm fantastic, man. How are you? I'm very well, mate. And we're also joined by Josh Freer. How are we? I'm fine, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem at all, mate. So, obviously, boys, we've got a lot to get into, so we're going to kick off talking about Rangers this week. So, Matt, what result for Rangers at the weekend? They're beating him 6 1 at Ibrox. What a performance. It was absolutely brilliant, mate. Um, from the first whistle, we were absolutely fantastic. Um, every single player was on their game, and um, to get the early goal from Jermaine Defoe really set the tone. And let's not forget, Hibs aren't a bad team at all. They're actually very good. I expect them to do well this season. Um, but we absolutely tore them apart like it was nothing, and it was really set a statement out to the rest of the league, I thought. Yeah, I absolutely agree, mate, 100%. And obviously, you brought Jermaine Defoe there. He absolutely terrorised Hibs at the weekend. Absolutely terrorised him, getting himself a hat-trick as well. He did, perfect hat-trick. Right, right foot, left foot header. Um, and I bet you Darren McGregor and the rest of the defence will be having nightmares about Jermaine Defoe, let me tell you that. But he was absolutely on fire. And that's the best Jermaine Defoe Yeah, obviously you're talking about how well Rangers played. Rangers were obviously tremendous. And the Rangers midfield though deserve a special mention Jermaine Defoe no sorry not Jermaine Defoe uh, Stephen Davis Ryan Jack and Aribo absolutely bossed it they did um, Davis was absolutely fantastic controlled the game controlled the tempo Aribo just again showing the class he's got um, showing how much of a steal he is and Ryan Jack what, what more can you say about this boy mm-hmm. um, ever since Jared has come into the club he's, he's been from a good player to a great player yeah, that's what he has. Like when we signed him, he was a good player, and ever since Gerrard's came in, he's improved him even more, and now he is like one of the top midfielders in Scotland, a hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more. His passing ability is amazing. He's got such a great passing range, and he he's box to box. He does the dirty stuff well. Does the simple stuff even better. Yeah, and he's just. Such an all-round midfielder um, who's got many years left ahead of him. Yeah. That was such a great performance. Because remember last year, Matt, on the podcast, I stated that I think Ryan Jack is the best passing midfielder in Scotland. At first, you were like, mm, I'm not sure. But then, later on, you were like, yeah, I actually agree with you, Scott. Like, Ryan Jack is the best passing midfielder in Scotland. And obviously, yeah, he, he's just, he plays well like every single week. And obviously, that is, Ryan Jack is Steven Gerrard's guy. Yes, and I remember I think it was um, this week. I think it was after the game. As uh, a quote that Gerard says, like after the, his first training session, in ten minutes he knew Ryan Jack wanted to be there. He wants to uh, be part of something here at Rangers. Um, uh, what Gerard's building, he wants to be part of this, and shows his hunger and commitment to the club, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, exactly, mate. And obviously, like going back to the game, that was six going on ten. That was six. Was. That was six going on ten, mate. Rangers were so dominant, especially in the final third. Thirty-four shots, mate. Nineteen on target as well. Um, honestly, like see Marciano, he deserves. Oh, he deserves a lot of praise, even though he considered. Uh, no, conceded. Sorry, six goals. He conceded six goals, right? But he stopped that from being ten plus. Oh, I, I couldn't agree. I was like, it's not often you can see six goals and you'd say he was one of their better players. Um, it's an odd situation to be in. But, I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes, I'm thinking, 
this could be easily six. Um, it ended up being six, obviously, but it was just attack after attack, shot after a shot. It wasn't just like we're just shooting for the sake of it. A lot of the shots were on target, forced good saves at Marciano, like you said, and um, if it wasn't for him, like you said, it could have easily been double figures. Um, it was just an absolutely terrifying performance. I think that's broke the record since like 2001, 2002, the four shots or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think you're right, mate, yeah. And obviously, a wee thing on Hibs, um, Hibs obviously scored... Uh, obviously right before half time and it, it was a fantastic pass from Scott Allen right it really was and I was annoyed at Rangers defence because the defence did switch off and I'm not taking anything away from that pass but it was a poor goal to concede and that was the only negative overall on Rangers performance it was giving away a poor goal where the defence just fell asleep yeah I agree I think you could see it was coming for a few minutes we looked a bit um, like a days ago on the ball just for a few minutes there before half time we looked a bit um, a bit comfortable a bit too comfortable and then Scott Allen for a piece of magic um, sets in Horgan who obviously uh, finishes the goal um, but that was a wake up call like, oh, the game's not finished it's just the half absolutely blown away yeah because see when we can see that goes oh no here we go they might get back into this yeah. and then second like half Rangers. mate second half man we just were like nah and then we just completely finished them off and, and obviously Defoe getting his hatchet then then uh, Morelos uh, came on he thought no I want some of the action and he got himself two goals I know he came on six seconds later uh, made a statement he'd not made one of his players shoved off the defender I thought Marshall could have done better there. Um, after giving that, that phrase, that goal may have done better with, but regardless, Morelis banged it in the bottom of the net and got another one and just shows, nah. I'm the man here. Yeah, even though we are praising uh, Marciano, right? Even for the first goal, I think he should have done a hell of a lot better because obviously uh, the ball just like fell right in front of Jermaine Defoe, and then see when uh, Jermaine Defoe gets the ball inside the box, there's only yeah. there's only going to be one outcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I, I was just thinking about Hibs there. I think it didn't help that they got a man sent off. Yeah, yeah, I but mean, that's when they basically fell apart. Yeah. Um, but it was just a stupid tackle in the first half. And then I do, I don't even know what he's thinking. So that I don't, like, I don't know. I think he was panicking because he was out of position to the ball away. Uh, but that really didn't help Hibs' case at all. I think they'd have been a comfortable one anyway. But that really didn't help them. No, it did not whatsoever. It really didn't. Um, and obviously, Ojo got in an action as well. I thought he had a terrific game. Best uh, he's played in Rangers jersey since coming to the club. He was phenomenal. And see him playing in front of 50,000, mate, I don't think it faces him whatsoever. No, definitely not. He just wants to um, get on the ball and impress that crowd. He wants to, he, I think the 50,000 helps him because he wants to impress them. He wants to show what he can do on the ball. And he, he was asked, he was, I don't know if he got a goal before that. I mean, he was getting good shots away. Um, Marciano making good saves. And he's just thinking, I'm never going to get in the score sheet here. He just forced him, took him to deflection, but it was on target anyway. And um, he, got, he finally got his reward. Exactly, mate. And obviously, I we mentioned on Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis. He is the Stephen Davis old, old, and we've said that a few, like, so many times in the podcast. I feel like we're repeating ourselves, but I don't care. Stephen Davis, he's not lost a beat. He's not lost a beat whatsoever. He looks like Stephen Davis from uh, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, no, I agree. He got um, the assist for the four stars. We burst into the box. Lovely, lovely cross. 
lovely cross right in that play for Defoe Defoe's not going to miss that back in the eight there's a hat trick thank you exactly mate so, who was your man in the match? Obviously, I'm going to mention Jordan Jones before I ask you who was your man in the match. Jordan Jones, he just gets better every week. He does, he does. I think the performance at Mitchelland was his best in a Rangers jersey. I think Gerard said something along the lines of he really announced himself as a Rangers player um, tonight. Then he followed that performance up with another great one at Ibrox, in front of 50,000 people. Um, and he was just causing his defence problems all day long. And he was enjoying himself, you could tell he was enjoying himself, like getting the crowd lifted. Shame he didn't get a goal, but he just opened so much space up for other players. The defenders didn't know what to do with him, and he was absolutely fantastic, and hopefully what Ed does this every week now. Yeah, honestly, mate, I couldn't agree more. Um, overall, a top-class performance from Rangers, and the, just the fact that Rangers have two phenomenal strikers uh, at their disposal with Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo Morelos like that is that is something really big it's uh, scary you're thinking you don't know who's going to play you don't know who you'd rather play against because they're both fair at the moment they're both tit for tat at the moment I think Morelos has got one more goal but Defoe could easily make that up next game so it's an interesting league battle that you want in the squad it's a good battle to have play for places exactly what Steve could have points and uh, we couldn't be in a better place just now so Josh, obviously we left you a bit there, <laughs> we left you isolated there, um, obviously we are talking about Rangers, um, but we've got, I've got a wee question for you Josh, how do you see Rangers doing, right, Rangers made a real statement there at the weekend, beating Hibs 6-1, how, do, how far do you, could, do you see Rangers going this season, can Rangers finally do it and get 55? flexing your muscles right now um, with the win over Hibs um, but yeah I think it can go closer you can go closer to the title this season at least um, I think when it came to last season when you finally got into your rhythm it was probably a little bit too late mm-hmm. but I think with the players that you have brought in like Jones Hasty and obviously like up top you've got Defoe and Morelos who are in form mm-hmm. um, I think you've got the momentum to keep it up throughout the whole season mm-hmm. and keep Celtic under pressure but um, yeah no definitely I think you're in the current mood the squad is right now and how Gerrard's doing and obviously with other competitions like the Europa League playoffs you are doing well so yeah I think he can go on and maybe do it this season mm-hmm. yeah I think I agree with you I, mean, I think Rangers will do it this season uh, the last uh, four seasons we've been back I've never actually came out and said we'll win the league. Last season, I was optimistic. I said we could t- uh, give Celtic a title challenge, uh, but I never once said we'll come out and w- uh, win the league. Uh, under Pedro, I did not feel optimistic whatsoever. I was like, I don't see this going anywhere under Pedro. And then when we came back to the SPFL, I was saying, right, if we can give Celtic a challenge, compete, I'll be content. Because obviously it was our first season back, and we never done that. Um, and, but this season though I've, I've just got a different feeling and I think Matt is the exact same yeah. I've, I've just got a different feeling about this team we're playing with confidence right now and obviously last season Gerard has improved the squad dramatically and we're on course as well for making Europa League group stage again and, and, yeah. and obviously Celtic are not the same side they once were um, obviously we'll get on to Celtic uh, quite soon them going out of the Champions League for the second year in a row losing Keane and Tierney and by the looks of it 
um, the Celtic are not going to invest that in any players. I think Lawwell is going to keep that money. Uh, and that's just Lawwell for you guys. Lawwell's a very tight guy. He's very stingy. It benefits us completely, but if I was a Celtic fan, I would be absolutely raging. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. But, I think Celtic are going to get a real challenge this not helping themselves if they don't spend. Like you said, it's good for us, but if I was Celtic, I'd be slightly worried just now because you're lost great players, not invested the money, and the players you've brought in, uh, Juni's still out, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And obviously they desperately need a left back, they do. But before we come on to Celtic, just want to say a wee thing about Hibs, Matt. Can they bounce back from this embarrassing result that they, they suffered? Um, I think so, yeah, I think uh, I think it's just a blip, I feel like it's a blip, uh, nonetheless, but I think the signing, that, or the confirmation, well, I don't know it's happening for a while, but the confirmation of Middleton uh, to Hibs will really help them out, he'll be a great player for them, it'll benefit us greatly, I think, um, so I think they'll be back, they'll regroup, um, Middleton's coming in, like I said, will be a big boost for them, um, so I think it'll be a wee bit of a wake-up call, but I think, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, so we'll move on, and we'll talk about the result tonight, big news today, Celtic are out of the Champions League. They lost 4-3 to Cluj. Matt, horrendous result for Celtic. Absolutely. Nothing short of embarrassing. I mean, this team are ranked by UEFA. Tillingen 88. I mean, there's teams such as Inverness who are higher than them in the rankings. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Um, to concede four goals at home. Um, and a big important game in Europe is is embarrassing. I mean, if it's if it's like if it's a bigger club, I don't know, like Porto or something, who or like who you'd get in that stage, or it might be understandable. But Cluj, it's just real bad signs ahead for Celtic, and I know a lot of Celtic fans aren't happy. I've seen on Twitter and that, um, and I think it also comes back down to the way they play in Europe. They try to play expansive football, which is admirable, but you need to at the same time. Sharp, sharp at the back. Make sure you don't concede first. Then maybe look to play out. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bad, bad, bad result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, first half, um, Celtic, they were very passive. Didn't do a whole lot. They were lucky they were not two down. Uh, at half time, obviously conceded the goal in the first half. Didn't do much. And then second half, they. They scored uh, quite early on in the second half. James Forrest got a goal. Then Edward scored 10 minutes later. So Celtic were 2-1 up. And then they, were, they looked fine. And then, obviously, it just it just all went t- effectively tits up, didn't it, Matt? Obviously, Clues got back into the game. Um, and then, obviously, Scott Brown gave away a shocker of a penalty. An absolute shocker. Um, what was he thinking? I genuinely have no idea what he's thinking. I mean, the ball's way high up in the air. He's not going to catch it. Just let it go and let it go away. But, I, yeah, I genuinely have no idea what's going to his mind. It's a moment of madness. Um, turns out not only his knees are going, but his head's going as well, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, obviously, at that point, Celtic were in panic mode. They threw everybody forward. Then, Cluj scored the fourth, completely killed it off, and Celtic out the Champions League. So, um, when Josh will come to you here... What did you make of Celtic starting uh, Callum McGregor at left back? And obviously, it's not worked out whatsoever because in the first half, he was caught out um, for obviously Cluj's first goal. And yeah, because he was just caught out because Cluj's player was running at him. And then he just 
Woods all over the place. So do do that was obviously a bold move from Neil Lennon starting Cal McGregor instead of uh, Bongoli, who is a left back. What did you make of that? Um, I don't know. Like I didn't know he had played him at left back. I obviously, when you talk about McGregor, you think of him as being a holding midfielder who can progress through attack quite well. Never mind playing a left back. Um, um, if he's got like what's his name, Bolly is a left back. who's a natural left back. I don't see why Neil Lennon didn't play him there instead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a strange one. Um, to be honest, I didn't think Neil Lennon was good enough for the job anyway. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah. Uh, no, it was. It was a. I when I seen that I was like okay. I know Bongoli played terrible last week against Cluj, but why would you risk starting Cal McGregor there? You know, would you not yeah, want his creativity yeah, the, in the midfield? That's the thing I didn't understand. Yeah, you would get the best out of McGregor playing him in midfield along with Christie, etc. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and then obviously we're speaking about Brown there, Matt. Obviously, I, I I don't know what he was thinking. We know his legs are gone, but is his brain gone too? That was stupid. What he done? Why would you leave your arm out like out, leave your arm out like that, handball it, and then give away a penalty in such a crucial uh, moment in the game as well? Such a, like it was daft. That's what it was. It was incredibly daft from your captain at that at a crucial point in the game. You want your captain to be the one to calm head and make sure everyone around is calm and do what you need to do to win the game. Not give away stupid penalties like that. It'll be interesting to see what he says afterwards about it, if anything at all. Um, but it was just, I genuinely cannot put into words what he was thinking. It was just complete madness. Yeah, and that's obviously what we said earlier on. That's two years in a row Celtic missed out in the Champions League, that and that's a big loss. Is that Champions League money is pivotal to Celtic? We were saying it last week in the podcast that they had to make Champions League, especially since they were losing Kieran Tierney, right? And by the looks of it, they're not going to reinvest that in the squad. So. Yeah, it's not looking good for Celtic. They still need to get another left back in, and the way it's going now, mate, it's they they probably will get a left back in, but they're not going to get a top replacement in for them. That's for sure. Are they not interested in Greg Taylor? Or yeah, they are. They're in, interested in Greg Greg Taylor, who I think will be, uh, a, a a good signing for them. But it's not what the yeah. Celtic fans are currently clamouring for. They want. Uh, a really good replacement and they still want more players and they still want a left winger in and they're not going to get like they, they, will, they will get that but they're not going to get that marquee signing that they're looking for no I don't think so um, I think if they were if they, they do, let's be honest everyone knew Tierney was going to go inevitably right so they should have planned for that inevitability by planning ahead seeing who's available um, speaking to agents that type of thing rather than oh Tierney's gone what are we going to do now you should be planning for these things, um, um, but you could also put it that they knew he was going to go, but they knew they were going to spend the money anyway, so you looked at it that way as well. Um, I think they will get a left back, and I think they will get Greg Taylor, much like you touched on Scott, um, will be a decent enough signing yep. for them, but it's not, that's not going to be a tier replacement, that's going to be a solid left back who's just will do a decent enough job, but it's not going to um, take them to the next level or be a good replacement. I just think um, Celtic are, I think they Still coming to top two obviously this season, but it'll be a big struggle this season. See, because well, it obviously when it hit three each, when it hit three each, um, yeah. Celtic panicked. They panicked, and it was it's just it. lump it long, hope for the best. And 
then obviously Lennon instructed them to do that but that's not a, a good sign going forward for Celtic that's Neil Lennon not being calm about the situation he's panicking he's like, let's just lump it forward and hope for the best and then he brought in obviously two centre forwards just really just trying to go for it but under Brendan Rodgers you would not see that kind of behaviour you would see Rodgers very calm thinking about the situation assessing it but under Lennon it's all panic panic stations that's what it is and it's just he's not thinking things long term and obviously but like when he threw everyone forward, finished four three, and then that was it out the Champions League. But I can, but it's just in the manner that he done it. Usually you see Rogers thinking about it, but obviously Lennon just, just, just does everything on a whim. He's a very emotional guy. He likes to play the or manage on the edge, if that makes sense. Um, and if I just yes, yeah, uh, he did panic. Um, by the looks of things, and like you said, that would never happen under Rogers. Obviously. They went out last year under Rodgers, um, but it wasn't as embarrassing as, as this, I don't think, um, to lose at home like that. I mean, last year they went out to E.A.K. Athens, who aren't, you know... Uh, was it away? Or? It was away, so I think yeah. that was slightly better, um, but you'll never see that under Rodgers, Josh or Scott, I think. Lennon, just, he's not got the tactical prowess, um, I don't think. Mm, yeah. So, they're in the Europa League... Josh, can you see them making Europa League? Uh, it depends who they get, really. Um, uh, it's, it's not... Um, obviously, their main objective, like we were saying, is getting into Champions League football, especially being crowned champions of Scotland three years... Well, not just three, eight years in a row. And in the past like two years, they haven't been able to progress into the, the group stages. But... Um, they obviously got into Europa League last season, so I, I would probably say they will. But it's, it just depends how they get in the playoffs, really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a waiting game, really. Yeah, I agree. So, <clears throat> is there anything else you want to bring up, boys, before we, we move on to Motherwell and Celtic? Just be uh, talking about that briefly before we go into Josh's uh, Aberdeen result from the weekend. <laughs> Right, so what do you say there, Matt? Is there anything else you want to bring up now? Yeah, no. Right, so obviously Celtic um, on a at the weekend there, uh, probably on a more positive note for Celtic here, they beat Motherwell 5-2 at the weekend. Um, so that's 12 goals in two games for Celtic. Um, obviously before tonight, but they scored three goals tonight, obviously, but yeah. Well, that's 15 goals in three games, actually. So... Yeah, like they've had, they've been scoring a lot of goals, but defensively they've been all over the place. So they have, um, but yeah, man, good result for Celtic five two at the weekend there against Motherwell, considering the fact that Motherwell took the lead early on. Yeah, um, no, I, I think it was a good result for Celtic. Obviously, Motherwell played. I think five uh, two doesn't do Motherwell justice. I think I think Motherwell actually played quite well. They played positively. They got in Celtic's faces. They obviously went ahead and straight after um, a a bad defending positionally and put Iron through to to score. But I think um, Celtic did play well, of course, to get five goals uh, against a tough team um, like Motherwell is good. Um, But I think it was slightly harsh on Motherwell. But I think got to look at Celtic. They're the champions. Like, we could be losing. Immediately hit back and went on to win the game. And what looked quite comfortably, but I don't think it was as comfortable as the suggests. Sorry to interrupt you here, boys, right? I've just uh, received a screenshot of what Scott Brown has liked on Twitter. Listen to this. Um, let me just read it. I'll read it out. Here we go, right? This is what he liked on Twitter, right? 
Lennon, come on to fuck. Uh, you, you're to blame. You played McGregor at left back. Didn't you learn when Brendan Rodgers played him? And look, uh, you've made him... The grammar's awful here, by the way. And look, you've made him look awful when he's magnificent. Tell you off... Tell you... Oh, this guy doesn't make any sense. Tell you some of the players, even Scott Brown, need to say Lennon has to blame... Uh, this time and Chris uh, benched well, I don't even don't know uh, the grammar's shocking here but basically to sum it up Scott Brown's liked a tweet slagging off Neil Lennon I think that's a deflection deflection tactic um, to get away from his horrendous error um, or if he just accidentally liked it you know yeah so basically just to put that in English right because I was just reading what was light and it, it was the grammar of it was shocking. So basically, the the tweet that obviously Lennon, uh, no sorry, Brown liked about Neil Lennon, about Lennon's getting slid off, is that he's to blame. Why play Callum McGregor there? Um, like regardless of as you were saying, Matt, deflection tactic, but still going forward when the captain of Celtic is liking a tweet sliding off the manager, not a good sign. No, it's not a talent. As, as historically, from what I've been led to believe, Lennon and Brown have got a great relationship. Um, could could be trouble in paradise. Uh, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? Um, it could have just been a mistake. Um, but if it, if he did really do it, I think it was a deflection tactic to take away from his howler. But on the flip side, we all know McGregor shouldn't have played at left back. But regardless, just a bad night in general for Celtic. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's poor from Brown. It is. It's not a. Uh... It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. It is if the captain of exactly yeah, if the captain of Celtic is liking a tweet slagging off uh, the manager. So um, we'll move on from that and we'll discuss Aberdeen. Josh um, at the weekend there, obviously St Mirren beat Aberdeen one 0 Um, not a good result for the Dons. Great result for Jim Goodwin in St Mirren. Um, where did it go? Where did it all go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> obviously Samirin were the better team they obviously won 1-0 um, uh, we were resting a few players like McGinn Gallagher and I think Osgrove he's actually injured just now he has a hamstring injury and we don't know when he's going to be back but uh, I'll get on to him in a minute um, basically Samirin took the lead I think in the 11th minute under Dermas with the assist yeah. from McGinnis and it was a decent goal as well Um yeah, I don't think Joe Lewis really had any chance to it because it was quite a low shot and then yeah. to the corner of the net. So, and as far as Aberdeen goes in the first half, they didn't really create <laughs> any chances at all, really. The only thing I could put, make out from the highlights was Hedges' chance. Mm. He hit a shot just outside the box, but it was straight at the keeper. But, um, so yeah, obviously half time 1 0. Um, Second half, Darren McInnes made a few changes. He eventually had to bring on players like McGinn, Gallagher and Wilson, who were all benched. And there was a slight increase in the tempo. There was more chances created, but St Mirren were quite solid at the back with Mackenzie and McLaughlin. Nothing was really getting past them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though we created more chances... In the second half, it didn't look like we were going to break through Submitting at all because they were quite compact and tight on the ball. They got everyone behind the ball. Mm-hmm. They, 
they'd done a real team performance. Um, the only thing I could really point out that Aberdeen should have got was the penalty. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was a penalty, yeah. When I seen the highlights and then I seen the incident, I was like, right, I think Aberdeen have been done a wrong one there. Um, it was a penalty for me. Yeah, but to be fair, it would have been a sore way for Samirin to drop points like that. I mean, because, I mean, it should have been a penalty, but, I mean, it would have been a hard way for them to drop two points that way because they fully did deserve the win. Um, Aberdeen just didn't turn up. And, you know, it just doesn't... It doesn't give us a good preparation for Thursday night, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does not whatsoever. And uh, I, I thought I would probably see more of a... A response from Aberdeen, especially after the result uh, last week, but obviously there was no real major response, and St Mirren obviously did deserve the result. Um, yeah. But I know I seen a lot of Aberdeen fans were not happy the fact that Curtis Main started up top, which was a bit of an odd one. Yeah. And you and I have spoke about this before. I think we spoke about it last week on the podcast. Like the signing yeah. of Curtis Main was bizarre to me. Yeah, uh, but see, like I know, like we talked about it before, but I remember at first I thought it would have been a decent signing, at least for a backup. But right now, like after seeing that game, like he doesn't seem to be the player I thought he was, and he actually cheated <laughs> during the game as well. I think he took the ball off. I can't remember Sibirin's goalkeeper. Oh, name, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, basically the goalkeeper had the ball in both his hands and was basically sitting on the ground and mean to be cheeky basically tried to claim that he only had one hand on the ball so he kicked the ball out of his hands and then ran with the ball and passed it into the net but the goal was disallowed obviously but it was just kind of pathetic how Curtis Main was trying to like protest that he only had one hand on the ball you know yeah but it's just playing a kind of dirty way and mm-hmm. yes full credit to Sibirin he obviously deserved it and obviously it's a good start for Jim Goodwin you know yeah it really is it is but so Matt where do you think it'll go here for Aberdeen where do you think it'll go do you think obviously they can they will bounce back from this but do you think they can go on a good run of games here uh, but it won't do their confidence any good if they don't get a good result uh, at first of the night yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Like, Aberdeen had a bad start to the season last season. Um, we've kind of wrote them off, and they came back, as we all know, uh, came back very strong. Um, so, I, th- I don't know, I think they might struggle initially, like, like last season, um, but we do expect them to come good, as you said. But I think, it, like you said, depends on Thursday. If they, get a, if they still go out, but put a good performance in, they can maybe build upon that. But um, to lose... Against St Mirren, who um, most people are picking in the second half, say, uh, the bottom half of this uh, the league this season, um, isn't a good result whatsoever. But I do expect them to bounce back immediately. Not on Thursday, but I think next weekend um, they'll come back with a victory. Mm-hmm. Because obviously this weekend, it's uh, the League Cup. Uh, yeah. So it is. So we'll obviously be taking a break from the SPFL action. And yeah, overall, is there anything else you want to bring up, Josh, on the Aberdeen performance as a whole? Yep. And whether he'll be fit enough for Thursday, I'm still unsure. But obviously that 
didn't help us at all and the fact like we were saying like Curtis Main was playing and he basically done nothing and what I was going to bring up just there um, I don't know I hope we just don't go on a run where we don't gain any points because we started off obviously our Europa League playoffs really well obviously until last Thursday of course um, and obviously like a few days before that was the Hearts game we done really well in and obviously the loss to Reykjavik, and obviously now this loss to St Mirren. So it doesn't set our confidence up well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a pretty in- inconsistent start, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's basically the same as last season as well, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's not real any progress at all. Yeah, and obviously you were saying about Cosgrove, how he was injured, he's got a hamstring injury. I think that's I, I, not, I would say in fact yeah I think it is a wee bit worrying as well how he is like the glue of the final third how much you rely on him for the goals and yeah and obviously starting Curtis Main up top as I sorry, said was I not breaking up a little bit oh sorry um, I know as I was just saying I think it's quite worrying a bit how you, you rely solely on like Sam Cosgrove for the like the goals and how pivotal no in fact it also does show how important and how pivotal he is to the Aberdeen side this time last year if you said that to you Josh you would be like nah no chance you're talking nonsense <laughs> but it just shows you a year on how key Sam Cosgrove really is for you oh I know he's integral to the squad I mean he started off really well I can't remember how many goals he finished on last season I think it was like something like 18 or 19 yeah second top goal scorer like yeah he was second top goal scorer. Uh, just behind Morales. But um, uh, this season he started off really well. He's obviously bagged a few in the Europa League so far and obviously he scored two against Hearts. Um, didn't play that well against Reiki in the first leg. Um, well, I don't think anyone did, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, with him out injured, um, we don't really have a kind of replacement. Obviously, Curtis Main, like we've mentioned, is basically almost useless. But Wilson, I don't think he's kind of stepped up to the mark just yet. Mm-hmm. I think I think there is a player in Wilson, but we just we need to see it now. Yeah, Rather this is that. This is his. Yeah, see, um, this is James Wilson's last big chance, right? And I was surprised when you got him in for another season. I, I think he's it's a it's a loan. No, you got me a free. Am, am I, is that right? Yeah. Is that, is yeah, yeah, you got me yeah. in a three. So, last season, he didn't really do much. Um, I thought, right, Aberdeen should just cut ties to this guy. He didn't produce the goods. Wasn't good for Aberdeen. Then Aberdeen signed him this season. So, I was like, why? This is, this is bizarre. Like, what? It makes no sense. Why are Aberdeen going for this uh, guy? Uh, so... The thing is, sorry, no, but I was going to say, the thing is with Wilson, I kind of compare him to a bit like Stevie May. I mean, they have good work rates, both players, but they just lack the finished article, you know. Their, their finishing is really poor, and I think when it comes to in front of goal, they always seem to bottle it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just... The, the thing is with Folsom, there is a player in him, but, like like I was saying, he needs to show it now. And it's his last chance, isn't it? Players. Yeah, it's his last chance, where if he doesn't do Aberdeen... Then I think that's him. Like it's not the future will not look good. So this is last chance to learn from him. He needs to really do it here, or else that's it. Yeah, especially like because sorry, Matt, what was it? 
Yeah, and I was just going to say, because Wilson is a, is a strange one, because when he kind of came onto the scene at Man United, um, a lot was expected of him, because I remember he came into the Man United team and actually done well. Yeah, he'd done quite well, yeah. He'd done well, I, and people um, were saying, oh, he could be the next big thing for us. And then he kind of quieted off, went on to Brighton, didn't do much in that. Um, but like a lot of people were saying that Man United asked going to be a big player for us, and then it's just not worked out for him. Um, so the fact that people thought he's going to be a big player says he did have talent at one point, a lot of talent at one point, a lot of potential. After he all that potential. Um, but like he's, he's both said, he needs to do it now, um, otherwise. Um, he's blown his, blown his chance. Yeah, and just another thing on James Wilson, uh, Josh. Obviously, you just said that um, he reminds you. He reminds you a lot of Stevie May, where he like he just can't do it in front of goal, right? But see the fact that James Wilson, you signed him as a striker. He couldn't score a lot last season, and now it looks like he's moved to a different role where he's playing in behind. Yeah. So I think he, well, I think like he, he's played like. He's played a little bit in deep behind uh, Cosgrove or sometimes out on the wing. I, I wouldn't play him out on the wing because he isn't exactly that. He isn't that fast. I mean, he's fast, but he's not lightning quick. So a lot of the defenders are able to catch up with him. What he, what he can do, though, what I've seen, what I saw with him at, at Man United at the time is that when he was like, Given the space and time, he was able to tuck away the goals. But I don't know. There's just something in him right now that isn't doing that. And obviously, mm-hmm. I think he's twenty four, twenty five, and like we're saying, like this is the ideal time for him to show what he can do. And obviously, kind of get the kind of credit that he wants, you know. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Like I. So I, yeah, that's what uh, I can definitely see what you're saying there. That's for sure. <clears throat> but. We touched on it last week. You got some positives in the Aberdeen team. Hedges, he looks to be like he could be a standout player for you, as we've said last week. Yeah, uh, well, that's like those are the kind of him and Gallagher and Ojo in midfield. Well, I'm going to speak, I'll talk about Ojo in a minute, but the two wingers, Gallagher and Hedges, I mean, we kind of lacked them last season. Um, last season, there was kind of a lack of creativity in the midfield. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of went wrong for us, but I think because I think with last season all we really had was Mackay Steven, yeah, really. But he was injured for most of the season, mm-hmm. so um, with them coming in, it's definitely boosted the squad, and they've shown what they can do. They're really fast, skillful, and they're quite versatile. But um, those players will be big for us this season. But hopefully, what won't happen. To them, which happened to Gary McKay Stephen is them getting injured because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they will be integral to the squad, especially if we want to progress into like Europa League, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely, mate. So we'll, we'll move on and we'll just speak about uh, obviously Hearts. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, not a good result for Hearts at the weekend there, drawing 0-0 <clears throat> with Ross County and it, there was not a great performance. I, th- I thought the team was a bit, at times, all over the place defensively and that's quite unlike a Craig Levine side. Yeah, they're just, um, they're, like you said, they were all over the place. It seemed like they had no game plan. Um, as Michael Stewart said, uh, Michael Stewart was not happy at all with that. But, um, um, quite, quite so, to be honest, like, there, was no, there was no game plan that was not the ball up. And I want to touch on that actually quickly the state of that pitch I mean one half Horrendous is, is embarrassing <coughs> It is embarrassing uh, 
half is fine, but the other half, like you said, was embarrassing. It was, like, it was worse than like junior league pitches. It was atrocious. Um, I don't know how they got away with that. But anyway, like there was no game plan. They were lumping it up. Um, and then, like, they're not, they're not that big man up there. Like, big fusing, I suppose. But then, apart from that, they're not getting anyone with real height up there. And Lee Smith's not tall. Jamie Walker's not tall. And they just looked like the team lacked confidence. And um, that boy, Halkett, they got from Livingston. Last season at Livingston, he would drive into space from defence and then play a good ball forward or whatever. But instead, he was just lumping it forward. And Ross County played actual... Pretty good football, which I would never thought I'd see in my life. But Ross County played well. It's they were compact players. and they organised, mate. Yeah, they were. Like, well, yeah. They were. It's, it's, a, it's night and day compared to like a known coil SPFL side uh, under a uh, SPFL side Ross County. Like he is like night and day. They look so organised, and as you're saying, they were playing some good football, and they'll be quite annoyed that they never won that game. Like <clears throat> obviously missing the penalty, and they should have scored from that rebound. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it was the fact obviously it was a poor penalty hit the post, but it was the rebound I think the Ross County fans and the players will be annoyed at because it effectively was open net at that point, he, he just, and then it obviously hit the side net. And, he should have done so much better. There's, I don't think there's any excuse for that. He should be hitting the back of the, the net right there, and Ross County should, probably should have won that game. Yeah, they had the chances too, like you said, and um, they created. They had a lot of creativity um, in their squad, um, and he really should have came away with three points. Um, but if you look at it from a standpoint, uh, standpoint from before the game, they were probably thinking if we go to ten cash, we'll come away with a point. It'll be a happy day, so they've, they've probably achieved their, their goal in that aspect. And obviously, Josh, uh, Connor Washington, who we touched on last week, um, he obviously done quite well uh, down south. <coughs> I think it was at QPR or Peterborough. He done quite well there, but last season he didn't do a whole lot. And he played up from uh, Epiezu. And um, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't see a lot of chemistry between the two. And that's where our hearts are really struggling right now to get uh, up front. So, and. Like Connor Washington, as we we said last week, if we touched on him, uh, do you think he could be Hart's answer? Um, to, I don't know a lot about uh, Connor Washington. I know he, he played against us at Petodre, and he seemed to be all right. Is he number nine? Yes, he's number nine. Yeah, and obviously, uh, I read out his stats last week. Um, he done quite well at Peterborough at QPR. Uh, not it was it was all right. He, uh, uh, but at Sheffield United didn't play a whole lot last season didn't even score last season then Hearts have obviously signed him he's at 27 so he's he's effectively as we said last week like at his peak and yeah he's he looks I don't know he looks okay but I don't think he's going to be Hearts go-to guy you know and Kyle if we've said uh, like Kyle Lafferty we've both said Kyle Lafferty is Hearts answer uh, up top but Levine doesn't want him that does he not? Well, I mean, it's <clears throat> fair enough. I mean, like, if you're, based, if you're looking at Kyle Laffey purely based on stats, um, last season he wasn't the best for Rangers. In fact, he was quite poor. Um, and if he's struggling in a pretty good Rangers team, that's, he's not going to do well in a, hearts, a poor hearts side, is he? Um, it could be the answer, but I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe if it goes back, he'll, he'll find his form again. Well, I don't know. They've got... They've got um 
got Jimmy Walker back, so that might be Jimmy an upside Walker. to them. Well, obviously, yeah. I think, Matt, I actually think Kyle Lafferty would do well if we went back at Hearts, because obviously when he, he was at Hearts, he was superb. He was a goal-scoring machine for them. And obviously when he came to Rangers... He wasn't. I'm not. I'm not denying the fact. Kyle Lafferty when he came to Rangers, he was poor, right? And when he was given a chance, he couldn't produce the goods, right? He wasn't good. But I'm going to defend him just a little bit here because he wasn't playing consistently week in week out. Obviously, because Morelos was so good, and Defoe came in. That was the nail in the coffin. But I think Lafferty, if he goes back to Hearts, he would do well. And that he, I think he is Hearts' answer. And he, and for some reason, I don't understand why Levine doesn't want him. I don't get it. I, I I don't get it at all because Hearts are screaming out for a striker right now. They're screaming out for one and Lafferty's it. He's free. He's free right now. He wants to go back but I think Levine's holding a grudge over the fact that he did walk out on him last season to go to Rangers and he probably thinks, oh, Kyle Lafferty wants to come back because there's no other club. Yeah, I mean, possibly but I think... Unless I think it may be a bit of a risk because I think there's a good chance he might fail and then they're stuck with him for, for a year um, presumably on a, a decent wage. And or what if you just give him like a one-year deal? Just a one-year deal that's it and see how he does? Even so, if it doesn't work say at Christmas time you know it's not working out he's still got another six months left of him. Um, so I can understand why Levine is a bit hesitant. Uh, if I was Levine I'd probably go for a younger striker who's hungry and wants to prove himself. Um, that's the route I would go down. Mm. Is it so, uh, Josh? What are you going to say there? No, I think well, I know like they probably do need another striker up front, especially one who can score goals. But I think it also comes down to the defence. I think Craig Hawkett and Christoph Berra they're not well, in my opinion, a good pairing. I think with obviously John Suter out injured, it doesn't exactly help, and. I think they've actually just signed a goalkeeper today, actually called Joel Pereira from, I think it was Manchester United on loan. Mm-hmm. So possibly he might be an upgrade to Zamal. Mm-hmm. So possibly it could be a turnaround for them. Well, that's if they bring in a striker and, for instance, Suter comes back injured, you know. But no, I agree. I think a striker is some, somewhere they need to invest in quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree, mate. And also, I want to touch on uh, Levine there. Um, I, I hate quoting this guy, right? As you both know, I don't like him whatsoever. Michael Stewart, right? But he was obviously went on a big Twitter rant, Matt, at the weekend um, about Craig Levine. But I found one uh, tweet, and quite interesting, that he tweeted out. August 2017, right? Craig Levine said, judge me after two windows, right? August 2019, which is four windows later... He said, we'll get better soon. Um, yeah, have Hearts like improved in the past two years under Craig Levine? Uh, no, I mean, they had a brilliant nah. start to last season. I mean, last season, the brief. We're talking a brief. Talking a... Well, no, mean, sorry, Matt. I mean, like, the start of last season, uh, people, I'm talking about like Christmas time, people are talking about them being potential title winners, and then just all fell apart. And ever since then, I've not really done much. I think, apart from that, we. Uh, start of last season uh, I don't think they've improved no simple as I think I think they've actually not maybe got worse but they've definitely not improved and it's just if I was a Hearts fan I'd be I'd be pulling my hair out because I just think when are we actually going to become a top four side again mm, yeah I
I think it will, they, they obviously go to the Scottish Cup final, but I think even on the way there, they were against like teams like Inverness and Partick Thistle, so it's not really exactly a great challenge for them. You know, yeah, and didn't, but, um, didn't get that convincing, like, they struggled against those teams. That's yeah, right, you went to replay. And what was it in the league table? Did St. John, was it St. Johnston who finished higher in points? Yeah, that's right, by one point. And, and when, even though they were in sixth place. So, yeah, no, it's kind of, when it comes down to the have they improved under Craig Levine, probably not. Mm-hmm. So, I could, I could possibly even see him maybe one of the first managers going if results don't. Pick up their way mm-hmm. in the yeah. first few weeks. But, I mean, the thing is, him and Ambudge have got good relationships. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, it, like obviously him and Ambudge have a good re- relationship, as Matt said. Um, I don't, I'd, honestly, the only way I see Levine going is if Hearts go on a horrendous run where they're like 10 points out of the top six and they're like... Obviously, like out, like out maybe yeah. both cups or whatever, and it's just not looking good. But it's just, Levine's going to get given that time because obviously he's cozied up to Ann Budge and Ann Budge likes him. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think Hearts do need to go down a different route because the long term, I don't think it's looking any good for Hearts right now. I don't think Levine's the answer. And the, the quotes there are like, judge me after two transfer windows, then. Like four windows later, we'll get better soon. And losing East Fife, uh, even though like it was on penalties, but still <laughs> losing East Fife is embarrassing for Hearts, and they've not been good for the, the past. Well, basically since the start of twenty nineteen, like for, obviously we we just touched on the first half of last season, they were brilliant, and then second half of last season. They just were a completely different side and they've not exactly started the season off tremendously, have they? Obviously losing Aberdeen last week and not beating Ross County at the weekend there where they drew, eh, but obviously they drew and they nearly lost the game. They probably should have lost the game, you know? Yeah. So it's, I just feel like it's the same old thing, the Hearts boys. Keep relying on Stephen A. Smith, that's what it is. That's what, that, that's yeah. what yeah, it's keep relying on A. Smith and yeah, it's just not looking good. I'm being honest, see, even in the, no, sorry, but I was just going to say this. Like, see, even in the Betfred Cup, the group stages, they were only able to beat Stennis Muir 2-1. Stennis Muir like, in the third division as well, so it's yeah. exactly good for the fans as well, you know. Oh, I know, it's ridiculous. It really is, and I feel like Heart, uh, Levine is sucking the life out of Tynecastle and the Hearts fans. Maybe if it's like a kind of mutual kind of... Uh, separation he will not exactly but maybe like I said before like one of the first managers to go maybe like it's not a case where they sack him but kind of separate themselves like for instance the club will come and say like look you're obviously a legend for the club etc and you have a good relationship with the board but like maybe it's probably best for both parties to kind of see each other off yeah because uh, as I just said, uh, you're right, Josh. Um, <clears throat> it probably would be best because if it's results don't pick up, if results don't pick up, the fans are really going to turn on the club, and Ann Budge will see that, and you should be to have no other choice, you know. So, well, uh, anything else uh, you want to add, boys? Uh, I think you wanted to say something there. Uh, no, no. 
Right, so right, we'll uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about Hamilton and Kilmarnock boys. Uh, Hamilton won two 0 at the weekend. Beat Kelly. Hamilton just the most unpredictable side in the SPFL. Matt, not a good result for Kilmarnock whatsoever. It wasn't. It really wasn't. I did not expect it. I mean, I know Kilmarnock haven't had the best up to the season, but I would still expect them to at least get a win or victory over uh, like some, a team like Hamilton. Hamilton. Fair play to them, they took their chances, they played well, but Kamanak again were just dreadful, didn't offer anything, defensively they were poor, um, and from what I've heard as well, the players are actually confused by what the managers try to get across to them, I don't know if it's a language barrier or thing or whatever, but they're not very clear on their instructions on the pitch, which, <laughs> if you know, if you're to do anything on the pitch, you know your instructions, and if you don't know the instructions, how the hell do you expect them to win football games? Yeah, you're spot on mate. And uh, how do you pronounce the manager's name? Is it again? Uh, yeah, I think that's how you do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. so um, sorry, I'm not very good at pronunciation. <laughs> uh, but so neither are you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, overall, mate. It's not been a good start. Obviously, last week against uh, Rangers, uh, Josh. Last week against Rangers, come on, I actually looked pretty decent. They looked organized, compact, structured. Difficult to break down, and I was thinking they've got some, they've got plenty of positives to take from that performance. Then next week uh, they go into uh, a game against Hamilton, and they're all over the place. They they were terrible, didn't offer much as Matt said, and they just it looked like an absolute shambles of a side. And they were up against Hamilton. Hamilton are a dreadful side, and Hamilton just beat them comfortably two 0 yeah, no, I don't get it either. I mean, like you were saying, like obviously, I think I'm afraid to say narrowly getting beat off Rangers. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely agree, mate. Because Rangers were dreadful, and Kilmarnock, if I'm being honest, they would be quite gutted at the fact they never got a point out of that game. And I think they probably did deserve to get a point out of that game because they worked hard and they dug in deep. They done well to come back and get the equaliser, but yeah, the. Yeah. It, I thought they probably might have built on last week's performance, but obviously not, mate. Yeah, uh, I think we've uh, probably, like Matt touched on, I think like it probably is the manager's tactics, like what's kind of gone, well, went tits up, especially for the second game, because obviously against Rangers they played very well, just getting beat, obviously in the last few minutes by Goldson's header. But obviously the lose to Hamilton is very embarrassing itself, and um, but it's like the, I think the base of the team's still there. I mean, obviously they lost Jones, but you, they've obviously still got players like Greg Taylor, uh, Bart Findlay, uh, like O'Donnell, like McKenzie, etc. So I think the base of the team is still there. I mean, they still have time to turn it around. I mean, I'd still give this how, Alessio is that? How you yeah, so you say it? Yeah, Alessio. Yep, yep. I mean, I would still give him time, and maybe it is a language barrier. Um, but from the interviews I could see, I mean, he spoke very good English, so it's possibly the tactics. But, um, yeah, it's just a waiting game, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's not been a good start. Obviously, going out to that Welsh team, oh, no. that was, as we yeah. touched on last week, Josh, that, that was embarrassing. Embarrassing for Scottish football. Gives the... The, the, the folk down south more ammunition to make fun of our game and going out yeah. to a part time side in the first round of Europa League 2-0 at home pathetic 
It was. And yeah. I think it's it set the tone for me, man. I don't see this guy lasting long. I know you were saying, George, that you could potentially maybe see Levine going first. I still think it would be Alessio uh, for me. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's a toss-up between those two. I would say more like Alessio's uh, to go first. And see, to be honest, I think instead of... They should. I think if he does go right, Kamara should go for Gary Hall or Stuart McCall. Those would be two, my two options. But they should have went for them in the yeah. first place, in my opinion. Um, but I think it's a brave choice to go for Alessio. Obviously, been Conte's assistant for a number of years at Italy and things like that. Um, and on paper, I thought that could be a good appointment. But it just hasn't worked out so far. Obviously, give him a week, another month or two to see what happens. But I think if it continues in this way, um, Monaco will have no choice but, but to let him go. The, it's very reminiscent of Pedro Cassinha, I think. Yeah, it's basically, it's basically a monarch's version of Cassinha. Yeah, I agree, mate. <laughs> um, it really is. <clears throat> so, boys, but we, anything else you want to bring up before we, we preview this weekend's fixtures? It might be going off topic a bit, but like you were saying, when it comes down to Scottish football, like obviously it's not a very good week for it on the whole. Obviously, Kilmarnock getting well put out recently by the Nomads, but a part-time team, and obviously Celtic tonight getting knocked out of the qualifiers of the Champions League. So, and obviously I can't unless a miracle pulls off at Petardry on Thursday. Um, I could probably see Aberdeen going out. It might be Rangers, the only team that goes through into Europe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this week, like, yeah. How times have, have changed. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So, Josh, how do you see first tonight going? Give me a prediction. How do you see it uh, transpiring? Um, well, I hope it will be worth the travel up. <laughs> yeah, you're going. But, yeah. Um, the prediction... Um, it can be done, but it's like I've said before, we need to be on our A game and, you know, we just can't concede a goal, you know. But the way our defence has been the past two games, I can't see them not scoring. Mm-hmm. So, I would probably say maybe 2-1 to Aberdeen. 2-1 Aberdeen. Matt, how do you see it going? Um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a... A KG affair, I think um, that other team will be looking not to concede and just see out the game. But obviously, Aberdeen only go gun home and get a couple of goals. Like Josh said, I think Aberdeen will concede. Um, so I'm going to echo his statement and go for 2 1 Aberdeen. I'm going to go for a 1 each. <clears throat> I'm going to go for a 1 each. See, I can see Aberdeen scoring, uh, but also I can see them scoring. But once if yeah. they score, if they score, that's it, game done. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Aberdeen cannot concede an early goal. If they want to have any chance of going through, it is pivotal they uh, they do not concede a goal early on, yeah. especially our goal entirely. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, yeah, that's my a thoughts. Few seasons ago, we ended up beating them in the same the same stage, which is kind of ironic now because we can't we didn't get probably with the first leg at all. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so well, we'll preview uh, this weekend's. League Cup fixtures. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. This Friday, Motherwell versus Hearts. Um, how do you see that one going? I think um, I think two 0 Motherwell. Two 0 Motherwell. Oof. Um, Josh, how do you see it going? Uh, who Motherwell against again? Uh, it's Motherwell versus Hearts at Fur Park. Motherwell versus Hearts. No, uh, Motherwell versus Hearts. Motherwell. Um, 
Um, and uh, Celtic versus Dunfermline, Josh. How do you see that one going? Uh, easy one for Celtic. Bounce back from their yeah, defeat against Cluj. Yeah, probably like a 5-0 win or something like that. 5-0. <laughs> um, Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go with 4-0. 4-0. I'm going to go for a uh, 3-1. 4 um, for Livingston? Mm, I think 2-1 Livingston. Um, Josh. Um, uh, three 0 Livingston. They have a good bunch of players, so. Um, I'm going to say, ah, uh, Livingston get the job done three 0 Um, Hibs Morton. Hibs Morton. I think Hibs will be obviously going to be bounced back from that defeat. Josh? Uh, I'll be bored. It's like 1-0 Morton. Oh! oh. <laughs> oh. I like it. I like it, Josh. Come on, Hamilton. Come on, Hamilton. Oh, come on, Hamilton. Obviously, Hamilton beat them 2-0 last week. Yeah. Um, can he make it 2 in a row? Um, obviously, it's at Rugby Park this time round. Um, so, and obviously, Hamilton, they, they've got a plastic pitch, so player on a plastic pitch does not phase them whatsoever. Um, Matt, how do you see it going? Uh, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a draw. I think one each. I'm gonna say, well, one each obviously goes to penalties. Each yeah. of them penalties. And um, so I think two two important. I think if it goes to penalties, it's luckily draw. Isn't it. Um, so I'll just I'll take a monarch since they've got the home advantage. Josh. Yeah, I could probably see. Well, I've, I've, I don't know. I'd like to see this manager do well. Alessio is all the hype he got. So I, I, would, I think Kilmarnock will win 1-0. I'm I hold them to win anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say Aki's will nick it 2-1. An extra time. And the obviously the third last game, Thistle versus Ross County. So won't be as bad as they were last season. Um, so I think Ross County will be in a game. I think Ross County being the Premiership side this season will want to um, show that. So I think 2-0 Ross County. Josh? I'll go the same, 2-0 Ross County. I'll go 1-0 Ross County. And Dundee Aberdeen uh, at the weekend. Josh, how do you see that one going? Obviously, it's a, play, yeah. it's a Sunday game. Um, there's a very good chance you'll be out of Europe by that point uh, but you'll want to get through the next round you'll you, you want a comfortable win on the board but how do you see it going? Is that Dens Park? Park? Yeah, Dens Park um, I don't know I think it depends on our Thursday game because like, <laughs> if our confidence gets shaken then I could possibly even see us losing to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, I'm going to just because it's my team, 2-1 Aberdeen. Matt? I think 2-0 I think Aberdeen. 2-0 Aberdeen. I'm going to say... 1-0 Aberdeen. Fair and East Fife Rangers, I'm going to say... Comfortable 4-0. I think, I think it'll be 5-0. 5-0, Josh? Um, 3-0. 
Mm, good stuff, good stuff, boys. So, we've I think we've touched on everything that we planned on touching on this episode. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, guys, it's been a pleasure and we will see you soon.